I'm a fun guy. Uh, obviously, I love the game of basketball. Um, I mean, it's just more questions you have to ask me um, in order for me to tell you about myself. I just can't give you a whole spiel. <laughs> I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gents. Mr. Monson Flake here with episode number 24. Today is our Kobe episode. Last week we had our Michael Jordan or LeBron James episode. But this week is number 24, our Kobe Bryant episode. Moment of silence for one of the goats. Boom. Love Kobe. As you guys know, I quote him all the time on literally so many so many episodes. <laughs> He's just got a lot of great quotes. And so, shout out my man Kobe Bryant. Always inspiring, still inspiring. Um, there's actually a lot of stuff that's really cool today. Number 24, that's an exciting thing. Today, technically, it currently is about 1.23 in the morning, and so I'll get into why I'm recording so late. But today is technically 9.11, and so once again, moment of silence for um, that experience. Um, super crazy. I, I think I was just a few years old, obviously, when that happened, and it just... It's so insane, but I love the way that it brought a lot of the world together, and it brought a lot, I'm sorry, at least a lot of our nation together, and kind of united us once again, and I'm just grateful to live in a country where we are free, where we have been blessed with the privileges that we do have, and I am grateful for many family members who have served in the military, um, and protected us, and done the things necessary to keep us a free country, and keep us living in such a beautiful and wonderful place where I can record a podcast, people will listen to it, and I can make money off of it. How amazing that we live in such a blessed country that those things are possible. Um, shout out to my big bro, Jeremiah, when he served in the Marines. Love you, brother. So that going on this month as well is, I mean, it's a special month. There's a lot of really cool things. Uh, my girlfriend, Amelia, it's her birthday coming up on the 28th, so we're going to do some exciting stuff, and uh, I got her some sweet gifts. I would tell you guys right now, but she'll probably listen to this and then spoil all the fun. Um, it is National Suicide Awareness Month, and as you guys know, if you've listened to my past episodes, that's something near and dear to my heart. And so this month, so far, we've taken some cool lessons um, of it with past episodes, but next week is going to be really special. I have my buddy McKay, who joined us on the podcast before, he and his buddy Ben, they do the Noggin podcast where they talk about, well, they try to simplify um, psychology reports and, and lessons that they've learned. And McKay has a really unique experience with suicide within his family, and we're going to bring him on next week to be able to share that experience. And so very excited for it, very excited to learn the lessons and to just, just communicate with him and just see, you know, dig at his brain and touch base on a really important and really unique subject and so very excited for that you're going to want to stay tuned um this week however it is just me once again it is about 1 30 in the morning on sunday night monday morning technically i <laughs> the reason that i am up so late doing this right now is because i genuinely want all of you to have a great start to your week I was actually, I've had a crazy busy week, and I have been away from my house, and I have been um, dog-sitting my girlfriend's mom, 
Uh, sorry, that sounds awful. I have been dog-sitting my girlfriend's mom's dogs. Mercy on my soul. That sounded terrible, and that came out wrong. <laughs> my girlfriend's mother's dogs. I am dog-sitting them, the dogs. Eesh, love you, Carrie. Um, so... We're dog sitting, and I've been away from my house, and it's very far. It's like 40 minutes away from my house, and so I have been just the busiest of the busy as of the past couple of days, or at least this whole week, and so I didn't have time to, to get the podcast down the way that I wanted to get it down, and then it came Sunday night, and once again, Sunday was a really busy day. We have church in the mornings, and then throughout the day, we went out to well we went over to eat at Amelia's parents house and just a lot of things were going on and uh, we ended up having to clean a bunch but then realized we didn't have to clean anywho anywho just a lot came up and so I was like well it's been a really busy day I don't know if I'm gonna have time to do the podcast Um, but I was laying in bed and I was actually listening to some of my past episodes and I was listening to episode number two And I remember then, as well, recording at an absurd hour in the daytime slash nighttime. And in that podcast, I myself, I said, you know, I was feeling really tired and didn't really want to do the podcast today. But I know that I have fans who are listening who are just wanting to hear my message on Monday morning. I know that I have people who wake up, they go on runs. Shout out my cousin Angie. And they listen to my podcast early in the morning. And I know that people, they wake up and Monday morning can be stressful for them and Monday morning can be a hard morning. You know, I know there's people like that out there who need to hear a positive message. And so that's why I'm here at 1.30 in the morning. Can't stop, won't stop, never stop, never settle. Um, So here we are sharing some awesome experiences. Today it'll be a little bit shorter of an episode, but I have a really cool experience that I want to jump into. And this experience is something that might be normal to some of you guys, but I was able to take key moments from it and learn a lot of life lessons from it. So just recently, last week, it's already been a week? Yeah, wow. Yeah, last week, Saturday, um, I helped an uncle of mine fulfill one of his goals that he had set about 44 years <laughs> he'd been trying to accomplish this and we hiked a hike called Lone Peak. Lone Peak is a terrible hike. <laughs> it 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 was seriously so grueling, so hard and so challenging. Um I was not prepared at all. I probably slept about 3 hours the night before. I was up with my cousins doing who knows what and just I was just out late and busy and so I slept about three hours we woke up five in the morning and we wanted to meet up at the trailhead at about six so that way we could hike when it wasn't hot and we could get up to the peak just before you know the sun set or the sun got settled in and everything got too hot and and everything like that and so I wake up the morning of the hike and I am exhausted. I'm like, three hours of sleep is not what a human should function on. But here I am doing it. And here I am again, right now, at 1.30 in the morning, doing this for some reason. JK, not for some reason. For you guys, because I love you. Um, but three hours of sleep, wake up, and I'm like, eesh. Me and my cousin, we start debating with each other. You know, what are some ways that we can get out of this? <laughs> is there any way that we could tell our other cousins and uncles that we can't make it because, you know, maybe I had a flat tire or maybe, um, you know, I woke up and I was feeling really sick and this was our conversation and 
we were like, nah, man, let's just let's just go, let's do it. We can we can bust it out. Now, that being said, here's the issue: is I was comparing this hike to another hike that I've done before, um, called Mount Timonogus, which is also another really big hike and a really tall hike here in Utah. But that hike. It, it feels a lot longer than it is. It's it's not long lengthwise, but it's just steep and tall. It's about 9.5 miles, something like that, round trip. So nothing insane, but you are hiking up pretty steep switchbacks and pretty steep rocks the whole way up. So it's still pretty difficult. Now, I know I can handle that. So in my mind, I say, okay, I have three hours of sleep, which sucks, but... I've done a hike similar to this, and this is what my buddies, like all my cousins and my uncles, this is what they're telling me. They say, oh yeah, it's similar to to Mount Timonogos, so that's what I'm comparing it to. I prep up, grab a few of my snacks, grab my water, toss it in the backpack, and they told me I probably need about three, four liters of water, and so I pack that in, and I'm like, wow, that is, that's heavy, isn't it? (laughs) That's going to be a lot of weight to carry, but who cares? Going out with the uncles, going out with the cousins, haven't seen them in a while, really excited. So we get up, drive to the trailhead. We were running late, and so we had to speed quite a lot, but get there at a decent time. Pack up with the cousins, say a quick prayer, you know, making sure we don't pass away or die or anything, and hop on the trail, start going. At the very beginning, we were making great pace. Everybody was pretty high-spirited, and we were just cruising. I mean... We made it up about six miles before really any sun was showing. I guess I guess I should say really before anything was hot or warm at all. But we were catching the sunrise on our hike up. It was beautiful. It looked awesome. Um, they just barely started a new... They paved a new trail for like switchbacks because typically you're kind of just making your way up through the bush and through the rocks and everything like that. However, this new trail only went up so far and eventually stopped and then it turns into bushwhacking and rock climbing and all of these things so as we're going up we're making great speed we're making great pace because we wanted to get up as high as we could before it got hot right so we're making great pace and my cousin he confirms what I had been thinking the whole time in my mind I swear on my life somebody had said this but in my mind I'm like, okay, this is, what, a 13-mile hike round trip? I can handle that. We're about five, six miles into the hike, and my cousin Dawson, Dawson, if you're listening to this, you're a sicko, man. But my cousin Dawson, he's like, yeah, I think we're just a little bit more than halfway. And I was like, oh, sick. I was like, dude, we are balling right now. I was like, I did not think that we would make this much speed and this great of a pace. We're doing so good. And of course, it was still tiring and still exhausting, but nothing I couldn't handle. I said, great. So we keep going on, and as we're going on, there's chit-chat of like how long the hike actually is and kind of some debating going on. Turns out, this, what I thought was a 13-mile long hike, ends up being a 20-mile hike. And so that's 10 miles up this freaking mountain and 10 miles back down. That is awful. I was not prepared in the slightest bit crappy shoes on you know I at least had a decent amount of water and some decent snacks but physically mentally and then with my sleep I was not prepared at all me and my cousin are like bro 
if this is 20 miles, we're going to die. And so after that point, once we realized how long the hike actually was, it then became really hard. Mentally, it was just draining. And then physically, eventually where the trail that they were making stopped, it just became bushwhacking, it became rock climbing and hopping, kind of lily padding from rock to rock. And it was exhausting. Like, you're doing a lunge every single step. Imagine 10 miles up a mountain of lunges. Just picture that in your mind. And you're also still carrying your water, still carrying your food, still carrying your fat self, which I was definitely regretting. You know, why do I eat so many burritos and stuff? Anywho, it was just awful. (laughs) Me and my cousin trying so hard to stay motivated all we could say if you guys know who david goggins is he does a lot of motivational stuff but he has this quote he's always saying who's gonna carry the boats he's a navy seal and he's got a cool story in reference to this quote but so every single step me and my cousin are like who's gonna carry the boats and that's the only thing keeping us motivated to keep climbing up this mountain neither one of us are at all prepared for it I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a decent athlete. I'm not gonna lie. I am, you know what? I'm gonna flex a little bit. I am an athlete. Okay, I can do some cool things. I run pretty fast. I can jump pretty high. You know, to put in comparison, when I play basketball, I can dunk the ball. I, you know, there's I, I'm a pretty good athlete. But I was not prepared for this. My cousin Angie, however, listening to this, this is probably a cakewalk. And for some of you, maybe that's a cakewalk too. I know that as we were hiking up, there was a couple dudes that, you know, are running up the mountain. They passed us on our way up, and before we got to the top, they passed us on their way down. So, I know there's people that are pretty wild, but I'm a decent athlete. You know, I'm not like no bum schlum on the on the left bench, but I'm a pretty good athlete. So, that's how hard this hike was. I'm as exhausted. Granted, we have three uncles, all over 50. We have Uncle if I'm going to remember the ages, about 55, 57, and 63. Absolutely insane. Um, The 57-year-old is the one who made the goal, and he'd been trying to accomplish it so many times, but every single time we went, there was um, either too much snow or just something came up where they couldn't make it all the way to the top and they had to turn around. And so he's determined there's no snow because it's the end of summer, so he's determined that we're going to make it to the top, We're going to accomplish this goal, and I'm with him. We're all like, yes, sir, we will all do this with you. We're pumped up. We're we're men. We're strong. Let's do it. As we're going up, some of my cousins prior to the hike, we we all had a group chat, and a lot of my cousins, they were talking about how much water we should bring. Once again, I brought about four liters of water. Um, just assuming that I drink a lot. I'm a tall guy. I'm like 6'3 and 2'0-something. And so, you know, I know I'm going to drink a lot of water, so I still brought three to four liters. However, a couple of my cousins, a big chunk of them, in fact, there's what? Let's see. Let me pause real quick. There's probably about 10, 12 of us on the hike. So probably about six of them. The last time that they attempted the hike, halfway up, there was a stream Um, or like a little river where they filtered some water and just drank from that and they didn't have any issues with water. So in their minds, they're like, okay, we're going to have the stream up there. Rather than carrying four liters of water, let's just carry, you know, half of that so that way when we get to the stream, we can just refill. We'll have plenty of water. We should be good to go. 
Well, we get to that point where the stream was, and streams completely dried up. There's no stream. So half these people didn't bring no water, and <laughs> that's just bad news. As the hike carries on, it is so difficult. And by far, okay, maybe not by far, but by a lot, <laughs> the hardest physical challenge that I have yet done in my whole life. Now, if that's embarrassing to some of you people who are super athletes, I'm sorry, I'm not on your level. But it was one of the hardest mentally and physically challenged experiences that I've, that I've done. And so we get to the peak and it's just blessed. Awesome. You're up there. It's beautiful. The last mile of the hike is real, or the last mile towards the peak is really just a bunch of rock climbing. And it's just super amazing. So we're up there with my cousins taking some pictures. My uncle, who set the goal, we let him get to the top of the peak first and took a picture. And it, it just was a really special experience and really cool to be with everybody. Um, then we start the descent <laughs> at the top of the mountain. Weather was still good because we're at the top of a really tall mountain. And it was probably about 70, 75 degrees at the peak. On our way down, now it's really starting to hurt. And you you use different muscles when you're going up, you know. You're more focused on the hammies. And when you're coming down, kind of focuses on your knees and a little bit of your quads, right? So you're using different muscles. But at this point, all my muscles are broken. <laughs> <laughs> because every ounce of energy went into lunging my freaking fat self up these rocks, up the mountain. So on the way down, your feet start to hurt. It's sweaty. It's hot. About a third of way down, it's when the heat really kicks in. And I'm skipping an important step. When we got to the peak, the peak, that's 10 miles up. We have another 10 miles back down. At the peak, about five people in our group ran out of water 10 miles hiking with no water and then getting in the hot sun good luck you're going to die so me i brought enough water for myself and a couple of my other cousins and uncles brought enough water for themselves but then it turns into the sharing game because you know we don't want nobody to die and we love each other so we're going to take care of each other but as we're going down everybody's slowly losing water and I'm looking at my bottle, and I'm like, you know, that was a lot of water when I started hiking, but now I've been sharing it. It's on the verge of, of going away. And once we get to the point where we climb all the way back down the mountain and we get to the switchbacks, switchbacks is about six miles of switchbacks. Um, it's 100 plus degrees. I think in Salt Lake City, they had a record high of 107 and so we were just, you know, a little bit south of Salt Lake City. So it's, a, it's about 100 degrees where we're at. No water, 100 degree weather. I'm exhausted. I've been walking and hiking and climbing rocks the whole day. Now we're headed down the mountain. <laughs> oh my word. It's so hot and so miserable that all the conversation just stopped and everybody's just angry. So... We keep heading down, and at this point, I'm just so in pain and exhausted, and once again, running on three hours of sleep, I'm just so done with this hike that I'm like, okay, I'm going to freaking just hustle so I can get to the bottom, get some water, and, and go home. So I'm with me, my other, my cousin, who's my roommate right now, shout out Jaden, love you brother, uh, me, my cousin, my other cousin, and my uncle. 
and we're just booking it down. Granted, I have a 63-year-old uncle who was by far the fastest person on the trail. That guy is a machine. He's 63, and he made us all look like a bunch of freaking dilly-wagging, schlagging losers. He's insane. Crap. And I know he listens to these too. So, Dan, you're a beast, man, and I aspire to be like you one day. So, the four of us, were ahead of everybody, and we're just booking it down, just trying to get as fast as we can. And so, we're walking pretty quickly, and... At this point, with about three miles left, it's really unbearable, and it's hot, my legs are exhausted, and I just physically am completely out. But we keep trekking on. My cousin comes running up behind us, like running, and he was with the group that was behind us. He comes running up to us, and we're like, yo, what's up? And he's like, hey guys, they, the rest of the guys are not doing good up the trail. And at this point, I turn around, I can't even see them. So they're pretty far up there. And he's like, they're not doing well. Uncle Ben passed out on the trail. And everybody's pretty, pretty heat exhausted and starting to kind of hallucinate and stuff. And then we're like, oh, crap, this is really bad. Like, this is really bad. Once again, in my own heart, I'm like, I'm going to (laughs) die. I'm going to pass away. But I can't imagine all of the other people, you know, who it just... It was bad. So then he starts running towards the bottom because he wants to get water and run it back up to them. So he runs, and me and my cousin Jaden are standing there like, well, bro, we can't can't just sit here while he's working his butt off to go save our uncles and cousins. Let's go. So about two miles left, we start running. Oh, my goodness. I just hiked 18 miles, and my legs are exhausted, and now I'm running an extra like you know two miles one and a half mile however long it was so we start running just running and every rock is piercing my feet and I'm just exhausted (laughs) but we keep running make it down to the bottom chug some water just get some water dump it on our faces trying to hot wire this four-wheeler that was at the bottom so that we could drive up and get everybody couldn't figure it out I'm on my phone while my cousin's filling up water I'm on my phone trying to YouTube how to <laughs> how to um hotwire an ATV. We never figured out the ATV, but we got the water in the bag. My cousin runs it up to another cousin. That cousin runs it up to the rest of the people and uh got them the water. Everybody ended up making it down. Everybody ended up being okay. Nobody got too sick. Nobody got any elevation sickness or heat exhaustion or heat stroke. You know, just one pass out, but we made it down. It was so difficult. One of the hardest experiences of my life, but at the same time, so amazing and so awesome. And so I pieced together a lot of life lessons from this. The rest of the day for me, I was exhausted and uh, I was little, didn't have many words in me. So I was just kind of quiet and kept to myself um, just because I was like, wow, I just had this amazing experience, which was so physically and emotionally draining, but just wow, like, I'm a strong person, wow, in fact, I felt like the strongest man who's ever lived, because I made this terrible hike, granted, once again, there's people who run up and down that stuff, but me, I'm not one of those people, and I did not think I could do it, who's gonna carry the boats, I'm gonna carry those fetching boats, that's the only thing that kept me going, and so, I was pretty dumbfounded with the experience, and I told Amelia later, I was like, yeah, I 
I probably need a week to fully appreciate the hike because right now I hate it. <laughs> right now, I don't want to go near that hike. So now that it's been a week, I've been able to gather my thoughts and been able to put together some cool parallels and some cool things that I have learned from this hike and from that experience. And so one of the first things that I'll tie together is goals. That is one of the main lessons that I've learned from this was goal setting and setting goals and the importance of it and the joy that you get from it, from accomplishing it. When we set this goal, sorry, I'm not even going to say we because it was not my intention to hike 20 miles, believe me. But when my uncle had set this goal, he had failed, I believe, three different times going up this mountain. He had attempted it, and every single time something came up, every single time there was something that came in the way, but he continued and continued and continued. And after three attempts, the fourth attempt, we were able to make it to the top, make it all the way to the bottom. And once again, he's an old guy. No offense, Ray. You know, you're getting old, my brother. But I'm just kidding. He's spring chicken in my eyes. But the fourth attempt, the oldest that he's been in his life, obviously, and that's the one that he makes it all the way to the top and all the way to the bottom with a lack of water, with, you know, lack of resources, but he made it. And so I just was like, wow, that is really cool to see how a goal had driven him beyond, you know, his probably what he thought his physical capacity was and made it so that he was able to get to the top. And along with that, I'm going to touch up on this a little bit uh, for my fourth kind of point that I learned. But along with that, he got others to help him endure through that challenge. Now, this peak, it's called Lone Peak. And as much as he did have people around him, Lone is very specific. <laughs> it felt like a lonely, lonely peak. But not really, and I'll get into that in just a sec. But goal setting, that's one of the best lessons that I learned from this hike was no matter what it is, no matter how many times you fail, don't be afraid to keep trying. Try, 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 try until it works out. And no matter if you're old, age is but a number. No matter if you're young, age is but a number. You work your tail off, you try, 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 and it will work out for you. Next lesson that I learned, be prepared. <laughs> Do not prepare to fail, but prepare to not fail. <laughs> because I was not prepared. I didn't know how long the hike was. I didn't bring the right shoes that I should have brought because the shoes I brought were those stupid, you know, not stupid. I love them. My Nike free runs, you know, but the bottoms of a free run are like squishy and soft and the whole shoe like folds in half. You take it off your foot and it folds completely in half, you know. That sounds great and all for a leisurely walk, but hiking on rocks and stuff, there goes my ankles, literally shattered, left up on the mountain. I had crappy shoes, should have brought some better snacks, um, and shouldn't have slept only three hours. What a stupid idea that was. Um, so being prepared was something that I that I really kind of pondered and was like, if we're going to make these goals, we better be prepared to accomplish them. And then also in that case, I think about the people with no water. Thankfully, I brought enough water for myself. I would have made it up and down had I not had to share. I'm grateful to have shared because I love my family. But be prepared. Bring your water. Even if you think there's a stream halfway, you bring enough water so that when you get to that stream, you'll still be able to fill up, but you'll also have an extra amount of water. It's better to have more than it is to have less. So be prepared. Go to bed on time and get enough energy. Once again, I'm applying these situations to my hike 
you guys listening, apply them to whatever you're doing. Be prepared for work tomorrow. Rather than waking up and rushing to get all your stuff together, get it together the night before. Get your outfit ready. Get your shoes ready. Put them in a place that's going to make you get out of bed. Do the things necessary to be prepared for the activities and for the engagements that you are going to be doing throughout your day, throughout your week. Whatever it is, be prepared. Write some goals down and be prepared to fulfill those goals. Do everything necessary beforehand so that when you're in the middle of it, you don't run out of water and are getting heat stroke on your way down. Third lesson that I learned. I told you that they had started building a new trail and it was pretty good and nicely, not paved, but flat as in it was just dirt, but the dirt was very paved out and and it was really easy, just steep. And so they had started this trail, but eventually we got to a point where that trail had ended and it became bushwhacking and it became rock climbing and climbing over bushes and all that stuff. Sometimes in life, there's not going to be a trail. I didn't know how far it was. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. At that point, I was just a little boy on a hike excited to be there with his cousins. But little did I know I was getting into something really difficult. And so sometimes in life, we don't have a trail that's going to give us exactly what we're looking for, that's going to tell us exactly how far we're going, or going to tell us exactly where we're going. Sometimes we have to step off of the trail and step onto the path that seems a little rocky, that seems a little confusing, that seems a little bit more difficult. But as we do so, we'll be able to have key little points that continue us forward. You'll never be on a path in life that has zero signs of direction. You'll get little glimpses here and there. And my reference to that was Karen's, believe it or not. And I'm not talking about the lady that tells you not to skateboard at the grocery store or a lady that you know named Karen, but Karen's are those little rock structures on a hike that people build where they have a big rock at the bottom and the rocks slowly get smaller towards the top. That is a Karen. And when you see a Karen, that's when you know you're at least near the trail, and so you follow those Karen's. Um, When my uncle said, don't worry, we got some Karens, we'll follow them. (laughs) I said, follow Karen, like in behavior or, or in name. What are you talking about? But, you know, he taught me. And so sometimes in life you are off the trail, and sometimes all that you have guiding you is just a little bit of a Karen. And as you follow those Karens, you'll be able to find sooner or later the trail that you were originally looking for. You'll always make it back. Boom. That's my life lesson um, for that. Fourth life life lesson. Throughout this hike, once we got to the peak and everybody had ran out of water, we had to share all this water and we had to share with everybody. Um, sharing is actually not the life lesson, but it is a pack mentality. The only thing that kept me going through this hike was the fact that I was there with my cousins, the fact that I was there with some of my uncles. They kept me going. Had I have done that hike by myself, as soon as I got too tired and looked up and was like, that is way too high, I would have turned around and I wouldn't have been able to do it. I would have stopped more because I would have been wanting to take a break every single second I was tired. That means I would have drank more water and for myself, I would not have had enough water to make it up and down. So without my cousins there, without my pack, I would not have been able to endure such an intense struggle, such an intense challenge. There's a book that I've quoted on here before called Make Your Bed um, about a Navy SEAL, and he talked about 
this terrible experience they have to do where they sit inside of mud that's it's like super wet mud and it's pretty icy and they sit inside this mud for several hours and one time somebody was about to quit and leave the pack and as soon as he stood up and started walking away somebody sitting in the mud one of the navy seals just started singing one of their navy chants and as one voice turned into two voices two voices turned into three voices so on and so forth eventually everybody was singing this song and those boys that were going to quit they turned around sat back in the mud and continued singing with everybody else and as they did so he mentions this in the book he talks about how the water felt just a little bit warmer than it did before and that was our whole experience Going up there with my cousins, me and my cousin Jaden, just every single step saying, who's going to carry the boats? Just having his presence there and just having him as my friend and as my cousin and, and, and as my loved one, having him there made the experience just a little bit easier, made every single one of those freaking lunges just a little bit easier because I had people encouraging me, because I had people you know, with me when I didn't know exactly what I was getting into, because I had those people, I was able to endure. And that life lesson, it applies to all of us. When we embark on a challenge, we have people with us that'll help us endure. And so kind of tying them all together, make a goal. Promise yourself that you're going to achieve that goal. Promise yourself that you're going to do the things necessary to prepare and prepare to accomplish that goal. Once you have those two things set, that is your foundation. You've made a goal and you've put preparations to accomplish that goal. And then, once you've prepared, <laughs> keep going. Sometimes there's not going to be a path. Sometimes you're not going to be able to know exactly how far the distance is, how difficult it is, or, or exactly where you're going to end up. But along the way, you're going to be able to find those little quotation Karens, and as you find those, they will be your pillars, and they will help you, and, 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 and they will help guide you to the places which you're trying to go. And while you're on that path, make sure you have loved ones. Make sure you have people that you trust. Make sure you have people that can help guide you through those challenges. And I promise you that as you do those four life lessons, it will help you get through any challenge. As I got through that challenge that I didn't think I'd get through, but I got through it. And those challenges that you don't think you're going to get through, if you do those four things, you will make it through those challenges. You will overcome those obstacles, and you will eventually make it to the top of your Lone Peak. Ladies and gents, that's all I have. It is late. It is almost 2 in the morning. In fact, it's 1.57. We're going to round up. It's 2 in the morning. Those are my life lessons that I, I learned from this really difficult hike. And those are life lessons that you guys can learn from your difficulties and through the challenges that you go to. It may be a hike for me, but for some people, it may be a tough job. It may be the loss of a job. It may be the loss of a loved one. Take these lessons and apply them to your situations, and I guarantee you that you'll be able to make it through. Um, thank you so much. Next week is going to be really good, so be prepped. Adios, team. Woo! <laughs>